guys welcome to another episode of more than a podcast as always you know who it is your host james back to give you guys more of the greatness so we're jumping right in let's do that um man you know uh, this episode is is a little crazy because um you know i was supposed to have this out last week but last week was memorial day weekend and it just got all kinds of confusing and i was just having a bunch of technical issues and um yeah, it was just it was just weird. So I said, all right, well, let's just, you know, let's just hold it off until until next week. And then we'll we'll try to go from there. So here we are. And we're going to get this knocked out because this is what uh, the public has asked for, you know, and uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited to uh, talk about this this particular subject because it's always cool when um, when I can get the opinion um, and the input from the community. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter like 150 times a day and, you know, most of my interaction has to do with um, the podcast, you know, and I really enjoy the feedback. And I and again, I enjoy the input and everything that um, I am offered in order to make a better show for you. So with that being said, uh, we did a poll last week. And it was, you know, one of the random polls where I'm basically going over different subjects and going over different, um, you know, topics that we could discuss. So the topic that won uh, the poll was uh, games that need a sequel. And I think it's interesting. And I and, and I love my community because, you know, uh, for the most part, they keep me in the know uh, and also learn me about things that I'm not so familiar with. And uh, it, it's such it's such a, a, a beneficial um, relationship with me in the community. So, you know, with that going on, I, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about Games Need a Sequel. And I've had a lot of input from a lot of the people that were in the community. So I'm going to be shouting out a lot of people. Um, if you're listening, thank you very much for um, your input and helping me get this together um basically made a list of 25 games some 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 of these i'm gonna really go into detail about some i'm really not um some games i'm gonna be honest i you know if it was offered to me as as a game that that's been said needs a sequel i may not understand why so it more it may more or less come off as a question of why and again this is just something that would incite a discussion later on so uh Again, hopefully this uh, is enjoyable for you, um, and let's just jump in. So the first game uh, was one that I thought of, you know, because if I'm having a roundtable discussion talking about games and these sequels, I'm thinking about Fear Effect. Um, I don't know how many of you played Fear Effect, but Fear Effect was one of those um, late-blooming games uh, on the original PlayStation. Um, it came out, and it was around the time where survival horror was pretty big and you know and and what was really what was really a trend at the time was um 
expansive games, games that came in double jewel cases. I mean, if you had a double jewel case, you know, you it was it was probably a really good game. I mean, that was just my assumption as a young kid. Um, but as that was, uh, Fear Effect to me was a really interesting game. Uh, I think the art style was really interesting. I think the gameplay was pretty fun. Um, they did, however, come out with a direct sequel, which I had not played. But it, the one thing that I always knew about Fear Effect is that its ability to be different than other uh, games within its genre while still holding its own and actually being a fun game, um, I was I, I was like, this could survive. This could totally be its own thing. And I don't see it not being a benefit. I think this can go on and be a staple in video game history as long as they're making, you know, quality games. I don't think this is something that should just, you know, disappear in the void, which it has. So, you know, I say all that to say if uh, if I could control anything in some boardroom somewhere, like I don't even know who owns the license uh, to this game. Um, I, I believe it was I don't think it was developed by Eidos, but I know that it was published by them. Um, but, you know, and, and teams break up and all that other stuff that happens. But, you know, the the assets are there. We understand who the characters are. We know the characters that we like. So. You know, I would really be on. Uh, I would really, you know, support if we can get these guys or, you know, these characters back together, maybe for a third game to just close out a trilogy or something like that and just leave it at that, you know. But I definitely think that, you know, there is some appreciation that needs to be had for Fear Effect. They did come out with, I believe it was a mobile game or an iOS game. Um, uh, I'm not sure, but there was some kind of, you know, uh, game to follow up and, and play as a modern take on Fear Effect, but I just don't think it was very good. And usually when you have like a game as a subsidiary to the main game that, that people would understand, it's never going to be great, you know, or at least I would, I would like to think that if you're going to do that, that you are working on a third main title. You know, it's almost like a tease when you're just working on something that's just a small nugget of of a main course. So, um, yeah, Fear Effect is is one of my games that I think, um, you know, we should see a, a sequel for or at least a remake or something. Um, John isn't fun or. Yeah, John isn't fun on uh, Twitter said that he'd like to see a uh, sequel to Bully. John, I'm telling you right now, this is one of those no brainers. This is probably number one on a lot of people's list. Um, that goes to say that, you know, Bully in itself was one of the biggest unexpected hits that uh, Rockstar was able to come away with in the PS2 era. Um, you know, their mainline GTA was obviously going to be a hit no matter when it released like you like you can't ever say that there's a weak entry in any of the gta's are there entries that people didn't play versus ones that they were completely dedicated to i'm pretty sure but i don't think that you can look at any of the mainline uh gta's and say that one of them wasn't a good game or they weren't good games they were great games they were all good games um but you know Rockstar did have a lot of games that they were trying to uh, 
produce and bring out that weren't necessarily GTA still kind of held onto the formula, but had a different spin. And Bully was one of those games. And let me tell you, I was so into Bully as um, it was announced and, you know, was, you know, in the gaming magazines before release and whatnot. And I went out and I bought the deluxe edition. That's probably one of the only deluxe editions I've ever purchased in my life as far as video games. Like I felt that that edition was completely justified. Um, and it was sweet. It, it came with a, you know, this huge box that emulated a locker and inside they had a, 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 a dodgeball that I never blew up to actually use or anything like that. Um, I don't even know what happened to it. Then there were posters and stickers and obviously the game and stuff, you know, and, and as a side note, it's kind of funny because they have, they have special editions or, or collector's editions now that don't even come with the game, which I think is super weird. Um, and I don't understand how that's marketable, but people got to stop buying stuff like that when it really doesn't benefit you in, in a hundred percent, you know, of, of, of what they're offering. Like if you go out and they're giving you a GTA, collector's edition that comes with a model car and you know a articulated figure of the protagonist and yada 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 but doesn't come with the game <clears throat> that's not worth buying for me i mean i don't know like i think the whole point of it is to you know get a little extra on top of the game <laughs> i mean that's just how i look at it um solid nope rope on twitter said uh final fantasy 8 needs to have a sequel you know it's so funny i i like extension of main story type games um i don't know if i agree with him as far as a sequel but would i like to understand or see more um aspects of the main story of eight yeah i think that would be that would be enjoyable i don't think it would be bad um you know, like I like like when I walked away from eight, I I felt complete. I don't think that there was much I felt that was missing when it came to what I felt like I could have, you know, got a little more of. I, I thought that the Laguna lore um, kind of side mission, I felt like, man, this this should totally be its own game. This should totally be its own thing. So if I were to do a Final Fantasy eight sequel, it would play out more like a prequel and um, and yeah, I would I would follow Laguna lore, <clears throat> you know, in all of his uh, legendary, um, you know, missions that he'd done before, you know, you know, Squall and, and his team had met them. Um, I, you know, I, I just I just found him to be a very interesting but lacking character and someone that I, I really wanted to understand a little bit more about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not play a, a sequel to it. Um, usually, usually with like Final Fantasy games, I like to believe that they tie up the main characters pretty well. Um, that being said, I think, you know, like when you think about like Final Fantasy 10 and then 10 2, you know, you just had so many people who were just thrown off the cliff of, you know, their hap happily ever after that they couldn't, they couldn't. They couldn't hand handle that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, that wasn't good for them. So, you know, they I felt like they had to make 10 to satiate fans who were just going to erupt, you know, just to give them some kind of closure, which that right there was the beginning of 
you know, what I'd say is the failure of the relationship between gamers and and video game developers. And we'll talk about that on another day. Um, Just Joe, uh, JG, said Demon Crest. Uh, Demon Crest was a game that came out on the Super NES. Um, it is a it is kind of like a predecessor to uh, the Ghost and Goblins franchise. And it involves playing uh, one of the monsters that was an antagonist in that game somebody probably knows the name of it i don't i haven't played this game um but the one thing that i'll say is that i i i know and realize how popular the game was um it is drastically different than ghosts and goblins it is not the same game doesn't even play the same uh there's you know different mechanics and different ways uh that you go about playing and the level design is all different. And yeah, I, I, I know that there are a lot of people who enjoy this game. <clears throat> so I wouldn't argue the point of a sequel for this either. Would I want to see something beyond a second one? Probably not. Um, because I, I think, you know, I think to give this a second is to say that we appreciate the offset of what came from the main story. But I'm still, you know, I, I would I would be more in tune with getting a new ghost and goblins like a sequel to that than i would you know a, a demon crest or you know the perspective of another villain or whatever um let's see we got uh utd 16 bit said uh he gave me two um cold fear which uh was a game that came out on the ps2 i want to say and also the xbox and it was uh, produced by Darkworks, and it was published by Ubisoft. And this was around the time where we got the second wave of um, of the uh, survival horror genre. And um, yeah, um, it was, you know, uh, to me, Cold Fear was just one of those games that just got lost in the mix. It was so many other games that were like it to play, and just some of those games were games I preferred more. Um you know, I, 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 I personally didn't have any, you know, more much experience with it. I remember like the whole unique thing about that game was that a, you were on a ship and B there were, uh, there were, uh, wrenches <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. But you know, like, again, I, I've played many, many survival horror, uh, games. There's only a few or a handful that I actually dedicate my time and attention to and I think for that is, you know, that's probably one of the reasons that I didn't pay too much attention to Cold Fear. Uh, Carrier is also one mentioned by UTD 16-bit. And uh, that game came out on the Dreamcast. I remember that game. Um, and I, I, I think I think that it could have, if the Dreamcast had survived, you know, on side of the PS2 releasing, then a, then a sequel for Carrier would have made sense. But I don't think I don't think a carrier sequel would make sense on any console outside of where it you know where it originated. So I, I don't too much agree with that one. But I I see you know where you're coming from. Uh, the Heck and Call podcast. Uh, shout out to the Heck and Call podcast. They uh they actually said that uh Rogue Galaxy, uh, which is an RPG that uh, released uh, for the PS2, uh, deserves a sequel. And I totally agree because. You know, the one thing about the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2 is that for both systems, they uh, they suffered a flood of 
great Japanese uh, role-playing games. And in that, so many were just lost in the shuffle and weren't allowed to blossom into franchises that I feel like could have been survivable. Um, so I'll say th I'll say this about Rogue Galaxy. I wouldn't necessarily say that it needs a sequel, but it definitely needs a remake so that people today can appreciate what it was then. I think it needs to be high res. I think it needs to be brought to new gamers. And I think everybody needs a chance to play, you know, one of one of the great PS2 titles that has ever been created. Um, another one for me is a game called Rowdy Out of Stories. Uh, Rowdy Out of Stories is another PS2 games. Uh, it was published by Square Squaresoft, I believe they were still. I don't think they were Square Enix at the time. And um, it was developed by uh, the famed uh, Japanese developers Tri-Ace. And I love Tri-Ace uh, as developers. Uh, they also developed the Star Ocean series. And um, this was just one of those titles that was so offbeat. It was so not the typical uh, JRPG, but it had, again, it shined with a lot of those, um, tri-ace, uh, expectations. Like whenever I play a tri-ace game, I think the characters are going to be wonky. I think there's going to be a lot of humor in it. It's going to be pretty funny and it's going to play very well as far as an action style of RPG. And that's one of those things that, that is big to me because as a transition, from playing turn-based RPGs to only really being offered uh, action RPGs, this was one that I accepted. I didn't accept too much other than this. You know, that's why, like, I've never been a Kingdom's Hearts fan. Never played one of them because I just didn't. I didn't enjoy the simplicity that is, you know, that game. Like, I like I just looked at it. And I was like, this is just. This isn't like I, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing here. Like I, I'm I'm not thinking at all. But with Rowdy Out of Stories, it, there's so much depth in the game. Um, I think that I think that for people who didn't play it, again, going back, like I was speaking about Rogue Galaxy, this deserves a, re, a a current remake. But I think for fans who have played this, we have been long overdue for a sequel. Um, this game is just such a undervalued game um and i and i really really wished that they kept this alive at least as a, a two-parter you know um the main the main uh protagonist jack russell just such a such a stereotypical name for just a funny character and and you know like all of the other characters involved and this was it kind of played like sweet it in as well um Whereas in Suikoden, you can collect a vast number of characters. And in Rowdy Out of Stories, you can do the exact same thing. But the difference, um, well, not too much of a difference, because I think in 3, it was like this. But um, in this one, it's kind of like you got one of two ways you're going to go by by the, by the you know, the crest of the story. You know, by the time it, it reaches that point, it's like, OK, you're going to either go here or you're going to go there. And that drastically changes your party members. Because everyone has ideals and beliefs and and are taking a path. So if you decide to go one way and not the other, you, you can lose the ability to play with half of the party that you've obtained. And obtaining party members is not an easy feat. You know, you have to do it through side missions. 
Um, you have to do it through, you know, timed requirements or you have to just straight up fight somebody in order to gain the respect of them joining your team and your cause. So, you know, there, there's a lot of there was a lot of different things about that game that I really, really enjoyed. Um, I would man, I would totally uh, give my last dollar if they offered a remake today. Um, but I would give even more money if I could get a sequel. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the next game is another game that is near and dear to my heart, and that's Parasite Eve. Uh, Parasite Eve. So here's the thing. And I know people are probably saying, well, it already they already have three games. And it's like, yeah, they do, but they kind of don't. Like, the first one was good, and it was a classic. You know, because, again, we, we're talking about the time with the uh, PlayStation 1. That's where they, they uh, released the first two. Um, but we're talking about a time where, you know, we're flooded with games that are similar because when the horror, when the survival horror genre, you know, became what it was, everybody wanted to cash in and try to get a piece of that pie. And Square Soft at the time was no exception to that and they uh created parasite eve and it was it was wildly different than you know things like resident evil and silent hill and it was different in the fact that it ran itself more like a survival horror rpg which that right there is just a tongue twister you know and um i feel like with the second game that some people say that the second game <clears throat> kind of veered off a little bit but for me i enjoyed the second game more because i guess it it leaned more on the action a little bit um and i and i began to understand the mechanics of the rpg element more and so it was just a more accessible game that i really enjoyed and i'm telling you like that there there are a few games that i've gone and mowed down like over five ten times this is one of those games that i just mowed down five or ten times like it's like it, it's it's such an accessible game it's so fun to go through and play different ways and master different abilities and use different weapons and upgrade different styles and it's just it's such a great game now they had the they had the uh the game third birthday which you know i i dislike when 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 uh gamers or, or developers do this it was exclusive to the psp and i feel like you know a, like a series like parasite eve you cannot downgrade where it's offered you can't just say like okay um you know this was a main console you know a game but we're going to put it on this handheld and that's just going to be it like no you you know like that's why i don't even consider it to really be the the direct sequel to the main franchise so for me i would love them to come out with a proper third or if you want to just have me accept that third birthday as the third game fine um but give me give me something on on the major console again let's close out the story of Iabrea the right way and so that you know it, it's to a vast audience and not just a selective audience right like that that's just my understanding that's just my push that's my push um pabu panda going back to the twitter uh twitter friends said legend of dragoon should get a sequel i'm totally on board for this but i but here here's the thing i think before we think about a sequel for legend of dragoon we have come far enough to where we need a remake we just need a proper 
remake. We need a we need a brand new game. It needs what it needs is the treatment that Final Fantasy VII is getting right now, with the exception of being broken up into separate games. Because I am not one person who believes that this is necessary for Final. I would look. I'm going to go on a small tangent here. They could have i would have given them five more years to just give me one great game than to sit here and break it up in all these little like i don't agree with paying 60 dollars just for for x for more chapters and and continuations and episodes like no i would have just you know if you if you would have just came out with one game and said you know we worked really hard on this and and it's three it's up to three disc like the old days and it's 80 bucks Never heard of before, but this is such a grand experience. 80 bucks, 85 bucks is the most I'll do for it. But no, they're going to they're going to get you guys, man. They're going to get the public. They're going to get the public because people are going to continue to pay, you know, the $60, the $70 once it gets the PS5 and and there's nothing you can do about it. And after this, after this, this, uh, this new one with Yuffie. You know, they're going to, you know, they got so many great characters. They're going to they're going to introduce Vince and Valentine. People are going to pay nuts for that. They're going to be like, yo, yes, yes. Take my money. I would have just much rather they just put everything in one solid package and just let me pay everything up front. But I digress. So that being said, I think Legend Dragon will be really cool if it uh, if it got the love, care and attention that um, Final Fantasy uh, remake did but here's but you know this is like a sony property so you know sony is just is notorious for building up franchises and then just completely letting them die so i'm not surprised that this is in the void um but yeah i, I totally can go for a sequel i think a remake will be cool and then continuing the story with a uh, direct sequel would be amazing and it doesn't even have to follow the same protagonist you know like final fantasy they can just go into new characters taking the mantle as legends of the drag of dragoon i mean it would be really really awesome to just kind of spread the story make it different you know modernizing if you even want to um but yeah like legend of dragoon it's it's so sad that it's such a lost ip um because i think it's one of the best rpgs that i've ever played um Another one that keeps coming up is Vagrant Story. Um, uh, you know, again, this is one of those games where I just feel like it's so deep in the time that before we think about a sequel, uh, we probably should think about a remake. I think in in that you know space of time where where it did come out, yeah, it totally needed to have a sequel uh, in development. But you know, what we have to what we have to consider what we have to consider about gaming game development back in the day you know like um from snes all the way to you know i want to say playstation 2 these developers were really throwing stuff at the wall just to see what stuck and you know we got a lot of games that even as gamers we appreciate it but they weren't planning to make this an expansive thing it wasn't really the plan so you know and 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 i think in that i think with that being said it's a bigger service to have a developer say this wasn't really planned to be anything more than what it is. So just enjoy it in its time and in its, in its essence and just run with it, you know? 
if you would like me to continue the story, then I could probably cook something up. But, you know, like like I don't I don't I don't like developers who catch, you know, popularity with a game and then all of a sudden come out and say, oh, well, this was originally planned to be a trilogy. No, it wasn't. You're just you're just making a cash grab. And that's just that's unfair to gamers because all the other stuff you're going to release after this masterpiece is going to be lukewarm because you're not going to approach it with the same favor. So, um. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm, I'm chalking this up to another remake. You know, I would love to see them, uh, remake this game for modern consoles. Um, let's see. Super Mario RPG. That's like an obvious one. Somebody said Dino Crisis. I don't really think Dino Crisis, um, needs a, a sequel. And the reason why is because they've already got three. And I, and I, I, you know, like my whole thing is this, like, I'm I'm one of those people that think that dinosaur movies are stupid. Like I don't understand like like I don't understand why we're why we're not averting a crisis correctly the first time. Like why is it always an issue that continues with dinosaurs wreaking havoc for, you know, some amount of time and whatever the case is. It's like I, I don't I don't that's just crazy to me. So if you make a game about you know crazy dinosaurs then i would hope that at the end of said game you would have averted that crisis and to think that there are three games in this series it just means that people in this game are actually quite stupid but again i don't know the plot i don't know what you know constitutes the dinosaurs coming back three different times but i just you know again it's one of those things where i'm just i'm just not buying in like i i just don't buy into this idea you know, like it like like here's my thing. If we all woke up today and dinosaurs were just wreaking havoc in our cities, towns and, you know, parishes, wherever, you know, like. I'm pretty sure that, you know, on some level, you know, the government. They're going to deal with it. They're going to deal with it. And if they got to bomb all the freaking dinosaurs or whatever, that's going to be the case. But trust me and believe me, when they close out on this situation, this ain't happening again. <laughs> it's not happening again. And so that like again, like I don't see why it's a it's a huge thing to have, you know, sequel to games like this where you you know a smart person would have just done it right the first time. Uh the order eighteen eighty six, Colin Clarkson said this needs a sequel. I totally agree. And, and and this this is actually still in the wheelhouse to get a proper sequel, but it, it's going to be weird because this is a game that came out at a time where we're shifting from let's throw whatever at the wall, see if it sticks to we're going to invest a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of resources, and we need to have something created that is going to speak volumes. And they did that, but it just didn't hit the mark that gamers were expecting. It's not a bad game by any stretch, but it's just not what gamers expected. And, you know, when you aren't able to recoup off of expectation, it's a hard gamble to ask for a second story. Because I'm pretty sure that this is one of those games that could have gone on to be, you know, a good, I would say a good trilogy because anything, anything, any game that dates itself 
I always say you, you have a window. If it's a period game, it's like, yeah, you only got a window. 1886, you know, depending on how much you want the aesthetics to change. You only have so much time where things can feel familiar, but change enough to be advancing to the eye of the player. But again, I think that if they if I think that if they wanted to take the time, they could totally make a sequel to this and it would still be relevant for people who, you know, have that question of, well, should I go back and play the original? Yes, because it's not old enough and it's not deteriorated enough, you know, through time to not appreciate its value and quality because there's a lot of quality in that game. Believe me, it's a lot of quality. Um, Bloodborne is a game that I believe deserves a sequel. Um, I actually brought this up. I was a uh, shout out to uh, the Lamer podcast. They are some funny dudes and they uh, shot me a question that said, start, start an E3 rumor. And I just had a little fun with it. And I said, you know what? Sony uh, is going to come out with uh, a rep from, from software. They're going to go into this diatribe about how they're working hard on Elden Ring and, you know, and they understand that we're being patient. But while we're being patient, they got something to hold us over for, hold us over. And they announce a Bloodborne remake for PS5 exclusive crowds going nuts. And as the trailer's going, showing all the pretty graphics, it closes out in an extension of a of a trailer that announces Bloodborne 2 to launch 2022 fall of 2022 crowd just in an uproar oh my god it's so close i could totally wait two more years for elden ring <laughs> you know like like that would give them so much room to actually get elden ring right <laughs> like let's not even talk about it but yeah i totally think bloodborne deserves a sequel um it's it's really hard to say what the expectations of from software has been you know they've you know obviously they've you know expounded on their most popular series which is dark souls and you know they everything that they've released outside of dark souls has been enjoyable you know from sekiro to bloodborne um and what I enjoy, what I enjoy about Bloodborne is that this is the kind of lore that I'm into. I love this Victorian era kind of, you know, these monsters that are more like eldritch monsters, kind of like your, um, oh, what's his name? What's his name? It, it escapes me. H.P. Lovecraft. There you go. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like Lovecraft meets Bram, Stoker, Bram Stalker with just all Victorian era. It's just so good. And, um, man, I, I really do hope that somewhere they end up making a remake for that would, that would cause me to go out and get a PS five today. If I, if, if they told me that they were making a, a bloodborne remake and that it was on the way this holiday, I would go out and I would scour the earth for PS five to wait for that. Like when they did demon souls, I like, I, I thought it was cool and stuff. But 
I my, my feelings about it regressed because I was like, well, I never really played the game and I'm not that into Dark Souls where I want to go back and play the game that started Dark Souls. <laughs> if they decided to update Dark Souls 3 and put it on PS5, oh, for sure. Absolutely going to go get a PS5. For sure. But I would definitely be in line to find a PS5 if Bloodborne was <clears throat> remade or if they announced a sequel. <clears throat> um, the old Sparrow on Twitter said that he said he wants to see Bashudo Blade, um, but he said that he would like to see <clears throat> Bashudo Blade in a different light, which is VR, which I'm... I don't know how I feel about a sword game in VR. I mean, I guess it's doable because most of the controllers are kind of wand shaped in a way. Um, but I could just see, you know, a two player game ending very badly. So um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this could survive and be good for someone. Big Mao said uh, Midnight Club needs a sequel. I think they, yeah, I think they deserve some continuation, some love. You know, um, I believe what Rockstar developed that game. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't see why not. You know, the the driving game space is not as huge as it was. I know back in the day it was very, very expansive, um, you know, especially around the time when the Demolition Derby um, uh, Twisted Metal, you know, was out. I mean, they had like a ton of you know, people who were going out and making games that were of that style. And then when it came to Gran Turismo, there were a lot of games that were coming out that were that style, but that's kind of dwindled down a bit. Now you got your few hits on each console. And yeah, I think this could have an audience. It has a space that it could survive. Um, I think the thing that I would ask is just that it approaches racing from a different perspective. I think that, I think Midnight Club could totally feel like a Fast and Furious game more than a Forza game could or a Crew game could or any of those other uh, games that are out today. I think this one could feel more like Fast and Furious. And I think if you can get it to emulate that style, man, you're winning 110% of the time. Um, the Big Bridge said that uh, they wanted to see a Metal Gear Solid prequel to Snake Eater. So they want to play as Big Boss before he really became big boss. Now, my only argument with this, and it's not really an argument, it's just an observation, is that in in Snake Eater, he was pretty green because he was under the wing of the boss, right? And so he was pretty green then. So how much how much more new to the game do you really want your naked snake? <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. Like, I like I figured I, I would figure that a, a prequel to this, he'd be a little too inexperienced. But again, who's to say, like, how far away from the events of Snake Eater uh, a prequel would be? Now, I, I, I would say this, you know, if if you're pitching a game to me, if you told me that, hey, we're going to do this and it's going to involve Naked Snake, but here's the pitch you get to play as the Cobra unit. <laughs> like, dude, I'm sold. I'm super sold. Like, can you imagine the Cobra unit before they kind of, you know, went, I don't like to call them bad guys. I just like to say they got, they had separatist ideals. 
you know, there, you know, there are beliefs and ideas. And that's the thing about Metal Gear, man. It's like when it when it comes down to it and you, you you're you're getting the dialogue from the antagonist. It's kind of like you you become befuddled because you're like, OK, are you the good guy or the bad guy? Or like, am I missing something like what's really going on here? And yeah, it would kind of be cool if, you know, you were playing from the perspective of, you know, people who ended up being perceived as bad by Snake Eater. But they're pretty good guys. Pretty good heroes. Um, Let's see. Big Nick said uh, L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir could could get a sequel um i wouldn't call it la noir if, if i was it, well okay so here's the thing la noir already went through kind of like they they did a little time jumping you know they did you know some backwards jumping to cole you know in the war and then they you know you obviously advance as he became a seasoned detective um so if you were to do it if you were to do a forward a forward sequel then it, you know again it's one of those games where you you could only work with so much time because it's such a period piece um and if you did anything beyond the 50s then it's no longer noir you know what i mean because noir that you know noir was kind of like the 40s 50s ish and after that you know you're rocking into the 60s um but yeah they did another kind of police yeah, like I like I I enjoy video games that tell the perspective of, of a police officer, um, and and I yeah th- I think another GTA style game from the perspective of a police officer would be really really cool. I think it would be actually really cool if it was like uh, Streets of L.A. Like I don't know how many of you remember that game, um, but just have Rockstar make it. <laughs> have Rockstar make it. If Rockstar made a game like that where you're out chasing and arresting and, and almost like a, like a battlefield hardline. Like that's another great game from the perspective of playing as a cop and then just have it advanced to where, you know, you could, you know, you could be a beat cop, maybe have it branch off to where you could either be a, a homicide detective or you could be on a SWAT team to where you can be a captain and you're running this stuff in the office and you know like dude it's a i yes 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 i'm thinking about this right now la noir uh 2022 book it <laughs> um blast corpse uh, was a game that got brought up uh, that needs a sequel don't know too much about that one um blue stinger from the uh, dreamcast survival horror game on the dreamcast survival horror action uh from the dreamcast um, this is just one, this is one of those games that, you know, came out. I don't really think Sega expected too much from this game. You know, they 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 had a, the one thing that I give Sega credit for with the Dreamcast. They had a lot of different type of games, and this is just one of those games that even like like I remember when I was picking up all these Dreamcast games when I had one. Um, Blue Stinger was not one of them, but then my friend ended up picking it up because he had a Dreamcast. And I was blown away. I was like, yo, why did I not play this game? This is crazy. And yeah, like I always attribute it, you know, in any game that needs a sequel that, that was from the era of uh, Dreamcast, I really attribute all that to the release of the PS2. And that's the only reason why we don't have them. You know, would, would, would a Blue Stinger 2 have worked on PS2? Maybe, but I don't really think so. I really think in order to have seen games advance beyond you know what they were 
they they needed to they needed to be on the console where they originated. I think the only game that that was able to survive outside of uh, the Dreamcast uh, efficiently was Fantasy Star Online and um, Grandia. I mean, yes, Skies of Arcadia has been ported and, and whatnot, but I mean that game should probably be it should be on like its third or fourth game right now, to be quite honest. But yeah, um, Blue Stinger is a game that yeah, I if if Dreamcast had 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 lived out its full life, I would have loved a second game in that. Um, another game that's near and dear to my heart are another series, and this this kind of goes more into you know the the. Um, you know, developers kind of going their separate ways and whatever. But um, Project Gotham Racing, or or more for myself, Metropolis Street Racer. Um, Bizarre Creations was, they were mavericks in the video game industry. And I remember, I remember reading up on Metropolis Street Racer before it released. And they were just talking about how the system was going to be different. You know, you were going to be driving on real time, you know, like if you were, you know, if it, if you're living in L.A. and, you know, in the game you're driving in Tokyo, then you're going to be driving during the nighttime, you know. Um, and they have the kudos system, which that alone made me a better driver, which is which is weird, right? Because you would think like a game like, let's say, Gran Turismo that has a licensing system that that would make you a better driver because you're going to basically, you know, straighten up your act to drive right so you can get these licenses so you can compete in different forms of racing. I didn't really care for any of that. But what I did care about was, yo, they're judging me on this point scale that is totally unassociated with the race at hand. But if I get enough of these points, I feel pretty good about myself, regardless of what place I come in. That was just fun. That was super fun. And, you know, the acquisition uh, from Microsoft, at the time I looked at it like it was a huge deal. I was like, man, I I totally want more Metropolis Street Racers. So when when they got when they got uh, taken up by Microsoft, that's what I felt like was going to happen. And Project Gotham wasn't too far away from it. But I noticed as time went on that they were losing their originality in their identity. And that's part of the reason why I feel like they don't exist today, which is unfortunate because I really felt like, you know, uh, Project Gotham um, was such a niche game. It was kind of like how Forza is now just less cringy. But that's just me. I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people who like who like uh, Forza. So I'm not going to sit here and crap on it. Um, Manhunt. Rockstar's Manhunt would love another game in that series. But the only thing that I would say about Manhunt is that, you know, a game like that, like thinking about back when it when it did exist and, you know, all the controversy that, you know, we were going through and the political scale that, you know, video games were affecting. And, you know, it was, it was such a weird time. But now we're in a we're in a weirder time because we're in a more sensitive area as far as individuals. So can a game like this survive in today's era? And I think that's a bigger question. And I, I honestly, I would applaud Rockstar if they made a third manhunt and released it in this current climate. I would love it. I would, I'd be like, you know what? You guys are some of the real ones. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed the first one. Never played the second one. Um, I know I've heard a lot of good things about the second one, but I personally have not played the second. So, um, I would even do a, I would even do a remake. If they did a remake of the first two, put them in a collection, 60 bucks. Yeah, I go for it. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Now this is a divisive one because Chrono Trigger is such a classic game and Chrono Cross was pretty good too from what I've heard because I haven't played either one of them. But <laughs> like how are you going to say something's good? You ain't play it. <laughs> but no, um, you know, I, I, I know and I appreciate the legend that is uh, uh, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. And yeah, I, I think that this should have continued alongside Final Fantasy for years. And it's really hard to fathom why this isn't the case. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, fans of the series may say, well, it tied up pretty good in the sequel. And it's pretty, you know, it's in a good place and it really doesn't need to be expanded upon. But OK, that, that that's fair. But what about a remake? You know, there's so many years that have gone by and we've seen so many different Final Fantasy remakes, um, you know, and reinterpretations. And this is a game that has not had the had the, the benefit of, you know being told in a more um modern interpretation and i think it would it would it would be so beneficial to gamers and especially gamers who appreciate the history of games to just know of a game like this like that's part of the reason why i don't play um chrono trigger because i feel from the era that it was i i just don't have the the I don't have the patience to play SNES games. I mean, especially if I haven't played them before. Like, if I played them before, I can kind of go back and feel a little nostalgic. But like, yeah, like, like, like I, I start up Super Punch Out, and it's funny because like when I was a kid, my whole point was just to beat that game black and blue. And now it's kind of like if I if I lose by the time I get to Aaron Ryan, I just cut it off. It's like it's not even a revenge thing. It's just it's just cut it off. You know, like I, I don't know. So, I mean, I I would do this for the culture. I would want them to make a new game for the culture. It would be cool if they did a, a remake. It would be even better if they did a sequel and get keep this franchise as one of your top franchises, because it is one of the top franchises that Square uh, has. And the last one that was brought up to me, uh, Jade Empire. Jade Empire. I can't believe it. Somebody brought up Jade Empire. And, you know, the question that I asked when when they brought it up, she said Jade Empire. And I, and I said to her, you're meaning to tell me you'd want a Jade Empire before you want another uh, KOTOR? Knights of the Old Republic? She said, yes. And I couldn't disagree. You know, Jade Empire, I, again, it was one of those games that was really beefed up in um, in the media. And, you know, they were just saying, oh, Bioware is going to have a whole different take. It's going to feel like KOTOR, but it's going to be dealing with martial arts. and It's going to be so great. And it was great. It was super good. Um, that was one of those games that when I went and I bought it, I was so hyped about it. I didn't give that room any I didn't give that game any room to breathe. I beat that game up in less than a week and I didn't necessarily want more to be honest. You know, like I didn't beat that game and then say, I wonder where I can go from here. 
Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've, I've cashed in on re-releases. You know, I have, I have the game, you know, today, but again, it's not one of those games where I just clamor to go back. I think it was an interesting take on a formula that works, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm more, when it comes to like when, when Bioware makes a game like Knights of the Old Republic and we still haven't properly closed out that series. I'm not really worried about a Jade Empire. I'm I'm still looking around wondering when they're going to make Knights of the Old Republic 3. That's what I'm worried about. Like I, I, I could care less about Jade Empire. If they if they made it, if they made a new Jade Empire or if they uh, made a remake of it, I would be like oh that's great but i would say that through clenched teeth and, and tightly bound fist because i'm still holding out for knights of the old republic 3 they did us really dirty with the mmo thing you know like when mmorpgs became all the rage then all of a sudden you know the old republic was was the was supposed to be the next thing in the series and it's like no 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 I need you guys to focus on the characters that I loved, the characters that I have appreciated over over you know the two games. I'm not going for it. Have I played the Old Republic? Of course I have. Because I was hoping that in some way, shape, or form it would it would transfer some of the charm that, you know, is so easily projected through those first two games. And it's not the same. You know, it, it's a it's a good game in its own right, and I and I give them kudos for surviving as long as they did. But it's not it's not even a subscription service anymore. You know, like it's a free to play game. You know, so like that to me tells me that people aren't really invested in your venture to a point where they want to keep paying for it. We just want you to go out and just make one solid good send off to knights of the old republic and then leave it at that that's all we want but you know it's like as time goes on more franchises have come out from under their umbrella and they've been paying attention to other things like we just got the mass effect legendary edition like they still are making uh the new dragon age like it's so much other stuff that there is that they're worried about i honestly don't think we're going to get a, a new um jade empire or knights of the old republic but it will be good if they did. Hey, did I miss anything? Did you guys uh, have a game that you were hoping I would say out of those 25 games? Uh, is there a game that I said and you're just like, oh, hell no, that doesn't deserve a sequel. Um, I'd really like to hear from you because uh, that's all, that's what this is all about. It's all about formulating discussions. Uh, you guys can hit me up on Twitter. Um, I go by the handle more T.A. podcast. It's M-O-O-R-E-T-A podcast on the Twitter. And we can talk about it have some discussions, talk about these sequels, talk about these games, right? Tell me how you agree with me that Dino Crisis doesn't need a sequel and how dinosaur stories are stupid. <laughs> Just kidding around. So um, hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed making this again. This was kind of brought up uh, from the perspective of the community. You guys are always a big help. And I can't say how much uh, I appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Um, with that being said, 
I'm going to get out of here. I got a day to enjoy. You got a day to enjoy. But hopefully this started that enjoyment off a little bit better. With that being said, guys, take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.